Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey, and today we're talking breakout players, which I think is always kind of one of everyone's favorite topics in fantasy football every year. And I think it's actually the third time we've done this episode so far this this off season, but now we got our, I guess, our official list after we've heard everything, you know, throughout, you know, all the free agency draft, all that kind of stuff. So we got our five guys each. We'll go over in just a second. But before we do that, make sure you guys go check us out on Twitter at the FF Profit or Instagram at Fantasy Football Profit or check out our website, fantasyfootballprofit.com. And if you want to get into our relegation league that you've heard us talk about, we are just about ready to completely fill it up and start setting drafts. So if you want to get in the relegation league, the four tiers, 200 and I don't even know how many teams anymore, 220 some teams, get go over to our Instagram page, check it out there. All the information on how to join will be there and you guys will get in drafts. So we'll probably be starting, I mean, wow, we're in July. So we actually might be having some at the end of July, some in August because there's so many leagues. It's just going to depend on when people can do it. So we're... We could be less than a month away from drafts, like real actual drafts for the season, which seems almost crazy that we're that close. But go check us out there on Instagram to be able to do that. But let's go breakout players. We got our five each. So I think mine are very similar to the last time we did this. I haven't changed my mind on a lot of these guys. My top five similar. I have one new one, but I'll see. let's see what we both did here, Jeff. Go with your number five to start it. Number five, getting right into it. Um, this guy has not changed, and he has not changed in a while. He is ranked number five currently on Fantasy Pros as the number five tight end, Hunter Henry. I absolutely love the guy. He's, he's dominant in the red zone when he is healthy. I'm praying that he does stay healthy because I really want to see what this guy is able to do. But um, 2016, he had eight touchdowns. 2017, he had four. And that was when he was playing behind the ever so great tight end that used to be there. Um, so, yeah, I, I really I really think that touchdown alone will be his upside. So we saw what Ebron was able to do and how he was easily a you know top five tight end just because of that. I, I think that this guy, um, even though he's ranked number five, I think he could be a breakout because, once again, if he stays healthy. And second of all, I think he is the next guy that can join that top three tier. And we're talking about... Kelsey, obviously, Kittle, and Ertz. I think Hunter Henry can be that guy. Um, so I, I think it's just a matter of whether or not uh, he stays healthy. I, I think he will be that good. Unfortunately, you won't get as much value because he is already so high because of the hype. But he is still going far lower, um, you know, draft round-wise or even auction value than those top three guys. And I think his upside is just tremendous. So... Number five, Hunter Henry. Nothing really changes for me. I like Hunter Henry, but I like a different tight end a little better for my fifth player. I already know who it is. David Njoku. Yep. I just, I'm a Njoku fan. I like him slightly better than Henry. I like both of these guys. I like, I, I think they're both going to be really good and kind of jump up. There's some potential here at tight end to have a few more guys this year join that elite group. There really is. There's, I mean, there's a lot of young, good tight end talent here. There's, uh, you know, Njoku, Hunter Henry. I don't know if you'll have anybody else on your list or not. 
I, I don't. He okay. was the only tight end. And I so you the, didn't go Howard either. I didn't either. I, I think, yeah, and th- this is the difficult one. Who broke out, who has not? Yeah. I, I thought Howard, even though without his injury, yeah. he broke out last year for me. Yeah, and I didn't put him on my list either. It's just, yeah, he's an, he's an, he's an iffy kind of one. He looked great at times. But I think he would, I think Howard, Henry, Najoku, they can all be in this top tier of tight ends. And even Ingram, maybe he, he's showing flashes, but there could be, we could be looking next year and all of a sudden be thinking, wow, tight end's a great position. You may not even have to reach at all because there's just a bunch of great guys to go around. So I think, I think I like Najoku in that Browns offense. What do I you, really do. What do you say? I know people are going to say he is going to have to play not only second fiddle, but, you know, possibly the fourth person on that team right i mean obviously odell and chubb are gonna get their you know touches whatever you want to say jarvis landry do you think i mean, obviously you do but why do you think that najoku is still going to be able to get the enough catches I just, in order to make sure he is relevant i think a guy that that big and talented and is going to find an opportunity near the red zone because beckham is going to be everyone's going to eyes are going to be on beckham all, all the time, and even lay injury to it, you know, to some kind of extent, not as much as Beckham, but Najoku, if if this guy can live up to his his talent and his you know first round billing, why can't he be a red zone target and just like you said about Hunter Henry and touchdowns? It's about touchdowns. He might not need to get all the catches throughout the you know course of the game because it's going to go to Beckham, it's going to go to Landry. The catches aren't going to be. That's not going to be Ertz level. That's not going to be Kittle level. That, you know, Kelsey type level. That He's not going to get as many catches as that. But he can get enough touchdowns to put himself up here in the top five for sure. So I think it's just going to be touchdowns. I think there's some good opportunity there. Yeah, I, I agree. And before we, we go away from tight end, I, I do have to say for this one, when I was really looking at it, it, there are quite a few QBs that you could really pick in this list. And there's a lot of tight ends. And I know you picked... A few of the favorites, but, you know, the other three names who I, I considered or looked into and I just don't feel comfortable enough, but they're in a position to do something. Um, Austin Hooper, he, he took a small step forward last year, but I think he is in line. He could do something. Herndon is very interesting. And then Burton, who is kind of the post-hype guy. But, I mean, like you said, tight ends are all over the board and there is just ripe for the picking because you don't have to be that much better in order to break out in the tight end class. You really don't. And there's a lot of young guys right now. Just a lot of young guys out there. I mean, you go even really farther down. You got Mark Andrews and like Dallas Goddard could break out if something happened to Ertz. And then, you know, of course, you have Hawkinson and Fant and Gasecki. And there's just guys all over the place that, hey, maybe, maybe there could be something. But. Somebody will. Somebody's going to become a thing, I think. I mean, Kittle really wasn't before last year. We all kind of thought maybe he could get there, but he wasn't yet. And so one of these guys, I think, will do that. All right, let's go to get done with the tight end talk. So let's go number four. Number four, the only QB I put up here. And uh, just to put out there, I I thought Baker Mayfield already broke out in my mind, so I did not use him. But, you know, I could have put him here as well. But I wanted one QB for sure. And if I had to pick one that is going to completely break out, I think that is who is ranked QB 18 right now. And I think that's Mitchell Trubisky, which I really never thought I would say. I was down on Chicago for trading all those players away and getting him. But, hey, he showed out last year. He, he really did. And I know that he is still kind of on the hot seat. But 
he did everything that you would want a second-year quarterback to do. He went from 7-7, seven and seven, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions his rookie year, to 24-12. and 12. I mean, from, you know, exactly even to doubling up on his touchdowns. He led them to an 11-3 and three record. And really, the games that he played very poorly in were the ones that bookend, uh, you know, bookended the injury. So the game where he got injured, he missed two games, and then the, the game he comes back, he played really terrible. And those, those really hurt his numbers. But you saw what he's able to do. And on top of that, he has a good defense, so he, you know, you're not going to have to go out there and just hang him out to dry. And he has the offensive weapons. There is no doubt about it. You have Allen Robinson, who looked finally healthy near the end of the season. He is going to help him a lot. And you also have another year of Anthony Miller, who I think is a very tremendous young talent, who hopefully he will take another step. And then you have to love uh, Tariq Cohen as well. You can throw to him out of the backfield and get free yards as a QB. So for all those reasons, I think Trubisky is probably ranked a little lower than he should be. And I get it because there's risk there. But I could see a world with that team he's on, um, him breaking out and you know possibly being flirting with that you know QB1 status. I don't like him. I, I don't blame <laughs> him. It has nothing to do. No, I, it's yeah. weird. I don't quite – I can't, like, pinpoint it with Trubisky and why I'm just not really a fan, but I'm just, I just – I I guess I don't love what I saw. I mean, he had times where he looked fine, but I don't necessarily think he's a great quarterback yet, and I just sometimes get Blake Bortles vibes about how good Bortles was. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, just in a way, because Bortles was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And I'm not saying to that level, but I get some of that. And I I mean, it's more of a, you know what? I got to see it again type thing. And I haven't seen it twice from him. Right now, he's the most popular bet to win MVP. It's really weird. Just because of where his odds were, because they were so they were like two hundred to one at the time, so people were putting money on him. Oh, all day. I gotcha. Okay, but he's become the most bet player because of where his odds were. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm not there with Trubisky right now. I don't blame you because personally, I don't like him either. But I, 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 believe it's, me, I've drafted I players I don't like because they're in such a good position. And I think that's where he lands. And he has all the tools. It's whether or not he, and believe me, after first year, I thought I was correct. I was like, yeah, this guy's a bust. Nothing's going to happen with him. But he played well last year. I mean, he went from just below 60%. He didn't even hit 60% to almost 67% completion, 24 TDs, 12 interceptions with 3,200 yards. And that was while missing two games and, and playing hobbled for a couple more. Uh, he can scramble a little, a little as well, which is great. And, a weapon I didn't even mention as well, but he also has Burton at tight end who, you know, is an undersized yeah. tight end, but might as well be a kind of a glorified wide receiver out there. So I just love his weapons, and I, I really like what they did in order to put him in a position where he could succeed last year, where you see so many young quarterbacks put in a position where they have to win the game, and, uh, you know, and it hurts their development. I, I thought last year was a wonderful job by the Bears. And, you know, I will say this, like, being at the 18th-ranked quarterback, I definitely see a I can see the path to being a top 10 for him. I see that path. I see where it can happen. If he if he continues the improvement over last year, you know, like he did from year one to two to two to three, yeah, sure, he could definitely be there. And then you're getting him at 18. That's a great pick. I can see it. It's you're, There's no risk here to get Trubisky. There's absolutely none at all. So in this, I could be really wrong on it, but I'm, I'm not really worried if I'm wrong on a no. late quarterback. I'm just not because it's just, hey, 
one of these guys breaks out. They always seem to. Mahomes last year was down here, was like 20th. So it happens. Every year there's at least one of them that comes up there. Yeah. At the, end of maybe the, it's him. at the end of the day, you do have to follow your gut, though. If if you're not feeling him, I, I would not draft him. I, no, I mean, it's one of those. But then again, I'm not even up, not even completely against it because I don't always draft a backup quarterback, but I've been starting to do it a little bit more often just in the chance that I get the Mahomes. You know what I mean? I've never been a fan. Like, I don't think you need it, but why not draft the young guy and maybe he becomes the next thing? Yeah. And, Another thing I love about uh, Trubisky this year, it, he's going to be a waiver pickup. You're not even going to have to draft him probably yeah. because, I mean, how many backups are going to actually go? And then on top of that, there are other quarterbacks that people covet more and and obviously even other rookies, right? And people are going to talk about Lamar Jackson's upside. And I, I Believe me, I'm all about his upside. It's great. But you also have Kyler Murray out there. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is outside the top 10. Dak Prescott. So you don't have to draft Trubisky, which I love. So you can wait, find out if your quarterback you picked is doing okay, and then grab him when when you need a wait, uh, you know, a waiver pick, and then find out, you know, let's see what this guy does. All right, so I'm gonna go to my number four, which some people don't think he's the best running back in his team, but I think he can be, and it's Rashad Penny. I'm. I just feel like there's going to be something there. I've never really been a Chris Carson guy. And if anybody's listened to this who followed us on Instagram and th- saw the throne league we just did, I did. We drafted Chris Carson. So you might think I'm a Chris Carson fan, but I'm just, I'm, I'm really not. And like Chris Carson would be great if you got him at the value, you're getting him like 22nd running back, but you're, it's not a value. I think people, he's drafting this low because of Rashad Penny. And Penny didn't get really much. But it's not like he was bad when he did. There's a difference between him and maybe um, like Ronald Jones. You know, neither of them really got much of an opportunity. But Ronald Jones, in his limited opportunity, looked really bad with 23 carries for 44 yards, which was just brutal. Rashad Penny, on the other hand, he had 85 carries for 419 yards. He had a 4.9 yards per carry. That was not bad. It's just he didn't get a full workload. But if he's able to, if they decide they want to use him and not use Carson as much, it'll be some kind of split anyway. But if Carson happened to go down, that kind of thing, there's no reason Penny can't be really, really good. Seahawks are a running team. They're going to want to run the ball no matter what. And I, I really think there's something here. They drafted him in the first round for a reason. They're not giving up on the guy. They just didn't use him a lot last year. And I think that could change because it, you really look back. I mean, he was not a bad player. He's not a bad player. There's, it's not. Yeah, it's not Ronald Jones. I'll say that it's not Ronald Jones. It's not the guys from the past that have been hyped up and just didn't do anything. He's better than that. And why he didn't get all the work? I mean, what was there a preseason injury? I can't even remember at this point. Maybe there was, but yeah, I'm not sure. Either way, he didn't get used a lot. But he had that nice. He had a 12 for a 108 game towards the end of the year. There, starting about week. Let's see, game nine, so week nine. 12 for 108. He had an eight for 46. Then he had a four for four, but seven seven for 65, eight for 44. When he got opportunities, he looked pretty decent for the most part. And I think just more opportunities, he'll look better and should be, I think he could be a really solid player. So I, I'm going to take a lot of chance. I'm going to take chances on Penny a lot in drafts and get him as, I don't know what, what you have to get him as right now. Is He's not, 
going completely way down the board. People do see it. Yeah, right now he is ranked, and this is on Fantasy Pros, yeah. which is, you know, so he might be higher, but Rashad Penny um, is 31. See, he's going up. People are seeing, I think, starting to yeah. see it. But if you can get him as your fourth running back, there's not a lot of guys I love at that level at all. It's the, what is that, the Tariq Cohen, James White, Jordan Howard, Royce Freeman, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, eh, not, not, a, um, not a big fan of any of that. And even, okay, Royce Freeman was the other rookie last year who was kind of hyped and then just didn't do much. But he he was, Penny was better than Freeman too. So, yeah, I like I like uh, Rashad Penny there. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I, I worry about the, I, I don't think they're going to break out of the committee no, pack. No, no. So I think you just have to know that that is where he's headed as long as an injury doesn't occur. But I, I do. I agree with you. I think the talent's there, and they took him in. Really, the way that everyone, all the running backs did well when they got their shot, I have to believe that it's just a good rushing team right now. So, yeah, why wouldn't we think that a, a first-round talent could yeah. could do something? What about now you're number three? Number three, um, this is the uh, young wide receiver. I'm always looking for, uh, especially players that have a certain build. I know it's not the best way to go about it, but you'll see year after year, two or three years down into a career, especially when you're a 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", wide receiver, these guys take a year or two to develop. And I think Cortland Sutton was the best wide receiver in his class last year when he was drafted. I think he was not on the best team for him, obviously, because of the passing situation. But he is on Denver. They do have Flacco now. I don't think it's a huge upgrade, but he will be probably the number one because Demarius Thomas is obviously out of there. He was out of there last year. And Emmanuel Sanders, unfortunately, had an Achilles, and I think that's just the end of his career for the most part. So Cortland Sutton is going to be the guy there, and he flashed last year. Like, every once in a while, he would make a one heck of a play, and they didn't. he didn't always stay in bounds. He didn't always, you know, get the catch. But you see the talent there. And I just, they have to use them, and they have to use them quite a bit because they desperately need wide receivers to catch the ball. So I like Cortland Sutton at wide receiver number 35 to to be a breakout player. And Sutton probably would have made my list if it was a top 10. He's not not on my top five, but yeah, I, I agree with that. And I mean, I put a, actually just today on Instagram, I posted some uh, wide receiver tier rankings, and we got people asking Emmanuel Sanders, where's Emmanuel Sanders? Sanders is is done, I think. Sanders is done. That's what is that's where Emmanuel Sanders is. I agree. He's not coming back from that. He's done. No, he's too and you know, he's not an old guy. Yeah. But that is brutal for someone as quick and as athletic as he was. He's not a tall guy, so he's not gonna be jumping over people. And he definitely isn't now. If you lose a step, unfortunately, in football, it really, really hurts you. And one last thing, just to prove that court I'm not just picking this up anywhere. He did really well under the radar last year. He only had 42 receptions, but he got 700 yards and four touchdowns with that on an offense that really couldn't move the ball too well through the air. So, last point I'll make. Yeah, I just don't get why people even think Sanders is going to come back from that. I mean, he's 32 years old. You just you don't you don't come back from Achilles. It's rare. No, I mean, if if anything proves it to you, I mean, the Knicks wouldn't even offer. Yeah, right. They were, <laughs> they were, they were a max contract oh, to KD because you know Achilles, man. Yeah, but at least yeah, yeah. It's just it's a tough injury, man. It really is, though. I mean, look at you look at basketball. That's happened. Like Kobe Bryant was never the same after his Achilles. It just people aren't. It's, it's not even this. It's the Achilles combined with he's thirty two years old and wide receivers a lot of times, especially guys who aren't top of the line, hundred percent like elite, elite. He's he's been a very good receiver, but he's not that you know 
top of the line receiver, I would say. He, it just going to be. I think it's going to be done for him. I mean, yeah, it's and, just done. And you see anything, any injury that occurs that low on the on the leg. I mean, even a knee injury, you're kind of like, okay, well, your your year's burnt, but you'll be fine. If you get something to do with your foot that becomes chronic and Achilles injury does not heal quickly, it, it's nearly impossible to come back at any you know function of high performance when you're when you're at the end of your career already. Yes, yeah, it's not it's not going to happen. So. I, I do like Cortland Sutton. I kind of even like Deshaun Hamilton a little bit. He's an interesting one. I think Sutton's a much more talented player, but Hamilton's interesting. Yeah, he'll fly way under the radar. Yeah, too. he's he's one I'm. He might make my deep sleeper list yeah. if we do that later on. I, in like, season. That, I like I like him a lot. All right, my number three. This guy. I wonder if he makes your list. James Washington. Actually, I didn't put him on. No, you didn't this time. I All switched right. it up a little bit, and so I put him on here. I again. I've it's maybe this is my reaction to the Dante Moncrief people and <laughs> I'm getting a little annoyed because okay are we really buying offseason talk now like I god I just can't I just I guess that's all we have right now is just coach talk and beat reporters hyping up a guy and everyone's great right now right everyone's great and Moncrief is great and you know what maybe there is a chance I'm not going to say there isn't a chance there is a chance for Moncrief being in, you know, with uh, the Steelers now. But, I mean, the Colts let him go. The Jacksonville let him go. Why, why is it different this time? You know, it, it's possible. How many times, though, do you see a wide receiver get to his third team and finally become this, like, fantasy player that you can use? It, it doesn't happen often. So I think it's going to be James Washington. There's he, He's drafted what? So that was the second round or third? Second round? I don't even remember now. When was it? Second, second round. round. Second yeah. round. Second round. But he was, and, and he was, he was. I mean, it doesn't always matter. But he he did win the best, you know, wide receiver in college football the year he came out. And maybe people think he struggled last year, but not really. It's kind of hard to get. I mean, look at the seasons Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster put up. It's hard to get catches when those yeah. two are doing what they did. They were two of the best receivers there was. They had ridiculous numbers, both of them. Kind of hard for Washington and Washington to do anything. Antonio Brown leaving is going to leave a lot of that, a lot of those catches out there. I think Washington's going to definitely step up and become a very, you know, very useful fantasy player here. And let's see where he's going. Forty seventh right now in drafts, so he's he's inching up. He's one spot ahead of uh, Valdez Scantling right now from Green Bay and. He's oh god, he's five spots behind Deshaun Jackson. I say just don't get Deshaun Jackson. If you're down that level, you you pick James Washington. You don't pick Deshaun Jackson. You know what just Deshaun Jackson is, and it's not anything exciting. It's he's gonna maybe have one or two games that'll excite you, and then the rest is gonna suck. And you'll never pick the right ones. Believe me, I've done it more <laughs> than once. More than once. <laughs> I'm not doing it again though. But James Washington, I think he can be a really good player. So that's why he finds himself at number three on my list. And I absolutely love the guy. If, if you don't already know that we're, we're backing him, you know, you haven't heard us yeah. before. That's pretty crazy. But uh, and once again, for the Minecraft people, I get <laughs> wanting to buy into it. But he, he just hasn't been healthy. He can't stay healthy. And and last year, he, he actually did get all a whole season in. He started 14 of them, but he only had 48 receptions. Didn't crack 700 yards. Only had three touchdowns. He's not you the have guy num- that you thought it was going to be. Do you have his numbers from like his Colts years where we thought yeah, like two so years? Like- that was Jacksonville. So he started off strong, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, as a, a very young player and really year two. He, uh, he started 10 of the games, got 105 targets, 64 receptions, 733 that's yards. That's where we all got excited. Huh? Right, and six touchdowns. And we're like, oh, my gosh, okay. Next year, Indianapolis again, he, he gets hurt. He only gets to play nine games, but he caught seven touchdowns. And this is where I, mm-hmm. even I was like, okay, people are going to forget about him. This guy is huge in the red zone. He can do it, especially with luck. Obviously, luck ends up getting injured as well. And then he just wasn't the same player when he came back. He comes back. He only gets 12 games in now. Only has 26 receptions. Doesn't even break 400 yards and only two touchdowns. And then obviously what I just talked about he, him doing in Jacksonville. He's he's not the same guy. And maybe maybe he really does have that recovery year and he really comes out and plays. But I think this guy is for depth. I think he is wide receiver three. I think they use him until he gets injured again. And I, I don't. I don't take any pleasure in saying that, but it's just unfortunate. I don't think we'll ever get to see what Minecraft actually, you know, would have been. Yeah, and I'm just, yeah, I'm not. He'll have to prove me wrong. That's yeah. that's it. And, and James Washington, I think, is I, a young yeah. guy that hasn't been yeah. injured and had a full year in the NFL playing behind, as Craig said, yeah. two of the best wide receivers. Yeah. He'll be good. All right, who do you have at number two? All right, number two, number one. You are not going to uh, argue with me at all. Number two, Mike Williams. Mine as well. All right, wide receiver number twenty-eight. He is a physical freak. They, they, you know, waited for him after drafting him, and he had that a little bit of an injury. And last year, when people were hurt, he came out in a big way. He was catching touchdowns. He he looked, he showed out so much that you could see this guy is a number one in the making, without oh, a yeah. doubt in my mind. Yeah, he's in another great position. I know I have Hunter Henry and him, and both of them are red zone guys, which I think will help. You can't, you know. You can't figure out who to guard. Um, Mike Williams has the one of the largest ceilings um, of any player of any of the lists I, I've made. I, I really can't speak highly enough of him. It'll be whether or not he, um, you know, just understands football. Because yeah, I don't know inside of him. I haven't been, you know, in practices. But everything points me to believe that this guy is going to be a major star someday. Yeah, I 100% agree with this, and I actually think he's going slightly low. I really do. I think he's going a little low here. And I'm grabbing him in a ton of my mock drafts because yeah. he's falling in a place where I don't like any of the other people around him. No, I, I, Robbie Anderson's moving up the boards now and is ahead of him, I which I like Robbie Anderson somewhat, not but that much. Not that much. Yeah, exactly. Not as much as what I think Mike Williams can be. And Mike Williams is starting to move up my list. So I'm going to be moving him up further and, and further here. And that's a good point to show you who is around him. Um, starting at number, shoot, <laughs> uh, let me just go from number 22 on. He is at number 28. Elshon Jeffrey, Sammy Watkins, DJ Moore, Kelvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson. I get it. There's shining moments and there's possibility that every single one of those guys could be the guy. But Mike Williams, I think, is I would take him over any of them. The Sammy only, Watkins is interesting. Yeah, but I would even say the only one I'd really maybe want, not even know necessarily want over him, but I you would. You can go DJ Moore? No, I'd even Ridley, maybe. I think, oh, okay. I, think I was wondering which young guy you were going to go with. It might be that. Because, okay, even look, we'll go up to 21. Okay, Chris Godwin. I even considered Godwin for this list. It's just a weird thing. I have a weird relationship with Chris Godwin. <laughs> so I put him as an overvalued player last week, even though I thought this week, you know what? I could see myself putting Godwin on the breakout player because there's nothing against him. I think he could break out, but I think he's becoming overvalued. And I don't think there's a seven spot difference between Chris Godwin and Mike Williams or necessarily right now. 
I'm um I'm looking to I'm gonna have to revamp my rankings because I've really come around on that and Godwin and Williams I think are much closer than that I think they're similar I don't think there should be I think Mike Williams is the more talented wide receiver he he is he's the more talented guy yeah. and, and he's a number two they're both number twos and Williams is number two on a better offense yeah. and a, a number two that is gonna be the red zone threat where Mike yeah. Williams or I'm sorry. Mike Evans will be, you know, on Tampa Bay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and they have OJ Howard too. So Godwin is going to run. Into I don't see any scenario where Godwin becomes better than Evans, but it wouldn't shock me if Mike Williams became better than Keenan Allen. Oh, I didn't know where you were going yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. I was yeah. about to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I w- it wouldn't shock me. No, it wouldn't shock me but either. Godwin, I don't ever see becoming better than Mike Evans. I can see it the other way around though with the Chargers. So, yeah, I like Mike Williams number two for both of us. I think that's a good pick. Nice. So number one, do you want to go? or Should I? Let's let I'll let you go. Okay. Number one, it might be the same guy. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, okay, number yeah. one. There we go. Number one and number two are the same. I like yeah. it. So running back number 17. Uh, honestly, Craig, you've been touting this guy oh, for I, two years already. So go ahead and, and I just go ahead I with think it. this is the time that Aaron Jones is finally going to get his a real opportunity. And if he gets an actual opportunity, he's going to be really, really good. Be- only 133 carries last year. He just didn't get a shot. And he, but 5.5 yards per carry the year before, 5.5 yards per carry. Yards per carry is a weird one because I don't always like – it's it's a weird stat because when it's really low, it doesn't always necessarily mean what it means because it could be how many one-yard runs are they getting to just try to get a first down, how many goal line carries. But when you're at 5.5 and you're starting to get you know a decent amount of carries, I think that means something, right? He's so much better than Jamal Williams. It's not close. It's not even close. Remember last year, by this time, there was still like the Jamal Williams people that thought, you know, he's better than Aaron Jones. There's just no way. This guy, only 133 carries last year, but turned it into 728 yards and even eight touchdowns. The touchdowns are pretty impressive for the amount of carries. You get himself, you get this guy 250 carries. I mean, uh, yeah. his yard per carry will go down. Yeah. But it, it could go down a full yard and he could still be really impressive. And this is going to be a good offense. And they don't, if they have him, they, they can run the ball into the end zone with Aaron Jones. It doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers throwing it every time. And I don't, they don't need that anymore. It can be Aaron Jones. He could pick up a lot of touchdowns there. I mean, this is a team that made Eddie Lacy a fantasy star for like a season, right? Why can't Aaron Jones be that? <laughs> right. Go back to Lacy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Lacy had two great seasons for Green Bay. Why can't? Why can't Aaron Jones get those amount of carries? Shoot, Lacey had 284 carries one year. God, that's crazy. We're not going to see that. But just get him even to just get him to 200. Just 200. He's going. He's going to be really good. He's just he's miles ahead of uh, Jamal Williams. It's not close. It's no, not close. It, it is he, not. He just needs an opportunity. He needs a real opportunity here. And if he gets that, this I, he's going to be top 10. I think easily. Easily top 10. This this could be Aaron Jones, I really think could be a guy who wins you leagues. I'm because he's a, he's your second running back. He's your second running back almost all the time. I mean, it's unless you go wide receiver, wide receiver. If you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then get Aaron Jones as your number one, man, I love life. I, oh, could, I, I, would, I would do that all day. And then you get it's, like it's, it's Mark Ingram and, and yeah. follow up with a few other. Yeah. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be really good and get a real real chance at it. So hopefully yeah. they give him that chance. And I know he this is he's going into his third year and he hasn't had a, a full season either time. But you do look at the numbers and 
what Craig has already said about his sophomore year, but his rookie season as well. He only had 81 rushes, but he still averaged 5.5 yards per carry. He had four touchdowns with 450 yards rushing. I mean, it was almost like if you doubled that, it was the numbers he got at 133. I know it's not, it doesn't exactly line up, but I can't, I think that's just who he is. This isn't just a flash in the pan, 133, and he had the, you know, the best, you know, coming in late game, so people aren't stacking the box anymore. It wasn't that at all. So, uh, once again, everything points in the right direction. He passes the eyeball test. You know, what's not to love about Aaron Jones this yep. year? All right. I think that's going to do it then for breakout players. We're going to do one more episode yet this week, though. We'll have a special day after 4th of July episode come out for you guys. It's going to be a mock draft. Try out some of these, you know, ideas. See what it's. We have known in a little bit, again, trying to see how this draft is going to play out and it's weird because I used to always tell people, well, running back, running back, running back, running back, first two rounds, and I don't think that's the way to go. So we'll see how we do that. So tune in to Friday's episode as well. Check out how, you know, what kind of strategies we come up with and how our teams look. Talk to you guys then. <laughs>